this chapter says Put it out of your mind Hello, welcome to Prince Trap by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Why Should I Love You from The Red Shoes, recorded first in 1991 at Paisley Park, but also at Abbey Road, um, and then throughout 92 and into 93, um, various overdubs took place, and uh, some people basically took half of the stuff that Kate Bush had done and half the stuff that Prince had done, and they kind of turned it into this track, and then they did additional work in 1993. The album was released on the 5th of October, 1993. On the track, you have Kate Bush, Stuart Elliott, Nigel Hitchcock, Neil Sidwell, uh, Paul Sponge, which I just, I don't know, it always makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> there is the trio Bulgarka, uh, which consists of Stoyanka Boneva, Yanka Rukina, uh, Eva uh, Georgina, Georgieva? Oh, these are very hard names to say. I guess they could because they're Bulgarian. Um, <laughs> Steve Sidwell, uh, Prince, and then lastly of all, and this is something which I'll get into later, Lenny Henry. Uh, comedian and actor Lenny Henry um, is one of the backing vocals. Um, and the track is five minutes three. Joining me to talk about today is Russell Eyrick. Hello, Russell. Hello. Now, in terms of like a genre, I have no idea what to call this because um, the original demo that... Um, uh, Kate Bush did is available online and it's like six minutes long and it's about half the speed of the yeah. final version and it's like it's very much around that kind of organ riff mm-hmm. um, like uh, the kind of that that I, I don't know how to describe it it almost sounds like a sample of some singing like some kind of choral singing that's been put through some kind of you know sampler and it's being played on like a uh, like a moog of some kind yeah um there's definitely so I mean, there's an organ sound and the vocals that seem to be looping together is how i yeah. heard it yeah yeah that that that's what so that's kind of the basis of the song and then so kate bush recorded that she sent that to to kind of prince and prince then apparently put what was described by kate bush's producers as a disco beat um <laughs> over the top of it he sped the song up like quite a bit uh, by about like 30%, something like that. And then he added his own kind of like vocal parts in, mostly in the chorus, some of which obviously are still there when you hear that, you know, of all the people in the world, why should I love you? Like the of all the people in the world is where you have all these backing vocals and, you know, Prince is in there. Um, you know, there's a guitar solo that comes later in the song, which sounds very kind of like early 90s Prince. Like if you heard anything off like Graffiti Bridge or Diamonds and Pearls, it's that very specific guitar sound that Prince had at that time. Um, and then, you know, there's a kind of there's like a drum beat that Prince kind of put on, um, but then was kind of changed a little bit by uh, Kate Bush's producers. Um, so it was less kind of disco. Um, and I don't know. This is What's really weird about this is the way I heard about this song before it came out um, was through Lenny Henry. Lenny Henry is a comedian who is from, um, I don't know, about 10 miles down the road from me. Hmm. Um, he's like a he's a, a local boy made good. He's from Dudley. Um, and he, he was known for being like, um, you know, he was on new faces, which is like a talent contest in the seventies over here. Um, and he won by doing impressions of mostly white guys, which is really weird because like he would, I mean, he, like he started out kind of as an impressionist and his impressions were very basic. They were, they were one notch above just saying the person's name in a voice. (laughs) 
um, like that that was kind of his his level of like impersonation and the, you know they were okay impersonations but like it wasn't a you know kind of like a huge amount um you know but he then joined um the, like a couple of sketch programs and you know he basically he you know he's known over here for being um you know the kind of the most famous kind of like black stand-up comedian that we have um and and the the weirdest thing is um there's a there's an episode of um extras where um Ricky Gervais um kind of talks about um <laughs> he, he's like trying to name like black comedians and he's looking around a room at the BBC and Lenny Henry's done a lot of work with the BBC and he sees a picture of Lenny Henry and someone says to him, try to think of like, you know, a significant black comedian who's not Lenny Henry. And, <laughs> and, Ricky, and Ricky Gervais kind of looks nervously around the room. He sees this picture of Lenny Henry and he can't think of anyone else. And it's it's kind of it's just kind of weird because it's like, I don't know, Lenny, Lenny Henry's always been kind of very gregarious and like uh, very kind of outgoing. Um, very kind of mainstream as well. Like once he kind of hit big, he's had a few different shows that were called like the Lenny Henry show in different kind of contexts. And he, you know, he's basically like a, a really big kind of comedian over here. And he ended up through like a series of coincidences doing backing vocals on this track. And he was promoting a TV show around like kind of late 92. And he said, oh yeah, I've just sung on a track with both Kate Bush and Prince. And I remember hearing him on like a radio show talking about this, being like, what is he talking about? Like, what is, like, how did that happen? Like, and now he never met Prince and I don't think he even met Kate Bush. He was just like in the studio doing his own backing vocals at a certain point. Um, in recent years, you know, he's actually done some kind of serious stuff. Um, you know, he's done, a, he like he did, an, he did like a performance of Othello um and you know i i think the funny thing is like he, he's one of these people who kind of you know dropped out of school when he was very young and kind of just kind of went into you know was just a stand up comedian and impressionist and got famous very young and so in later years he talked about how you know he didn't really like understand shakespeare at school you know something obviously that is always taught in all british schools is shakespeare right. there's a, there's a debate every single year about whether or not it should be dropped from like gcse's and all this kind of stuff but it always ends up getting being kept and so he talked about how he never understood it. And then, you know, a few people were like, well, you have to perform it to really kind of understand it, which I think is true. Mm. Like you have to see Shakespeare perform to kind of understand what's going on. Just reading Shakespeare is really the worst way to try and get get into Shakespeare. And so he kind of, you know, he went on tour with a couple of like small companies doing some like some plays. I think he did Merchant of Venice. And then eventually he kind of built up to doing Othello. And, you know, the reviews for it were really good. You know, like I said, he was a really good Othello. He really got the material. He, like, was very kind of powerful on stage. And, you know, everyone was like, you know, this this is kind of interesting that this guy who started out as, like, an impressionist and stand-up comedian has kind of turned into this serious actor. He actually had a kind of, um, like, a, a, I don't know, I would call it, like, a, a dramedy over here, which is called Chef, which he kind of, like, co-created, where he played, like, a chef in a restaurant and there was kind of comedic elements, but he wasn't like the kind of comedic center of it. Other characters were like the comedic center. Um, and for a number of years, he was married to the comedian uh, Dawn French of French and Saunders. Oh, okay. Um, this is the first thing with... you've said that I've had any idea what it was. <laughs> so. Yeah, who, who came up with Absolutely Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, you know, that's, I guess, where most Americans will know them from. <laughs> right. I was like, I, I did it while you were talking, I did a Google image search and I was like racking my brain like, and I'm like, I have never seen this guy in my life in anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And yet over here, he's like, I mean, he's huge. It's, it's kind of crazy. 
Um, but yeah, so it's it's just funny that he ends up being this kind of like backing vocalist. And the weirdest thing is in certain parts, because I kind of know what his voice sounds like, because he, you know, he, he had this character called Theophilus P. Wildebeest, um, <laughs> which was like a kind of cross between like a Barry White character and the lead singer of Cameo, because he used to have like a cod piece, but it was like, you know, well, it's basically comically large, um, <laughs> you know, whereas whereas Cameo had just like a normal cod piece. And that's a weird phrase to say. Um, you know, he, he has like a comically large cod piece, which is obviously compensating for something. And that is kind of the joke is how he's, he's kind of this person who tries to seduce people, but he's very bad at it. Um, and as part of that, he would do kind of like a Barry White kind of singing thing. And he has like quite a good voice. Um, and so it's just funny that like when I'm hearing the backing vocalist coming in with the, you know, of all the people in the world, I can kind of hear Lenny Henry's voice in there. And I'm like, this is so weird. This is like a Prince Kate Bush collaboration with Lenny Henry in the middle. Of it. But it's I don't know. In terms of like a genre, I have no idea what to call it because it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a ballad in parts. But yeah. then there's kind of like a weird melancholy to the lyrics. And I don't know. It's just it's just really weird to kind of figure out exactly what the song well, is. And is I think that's about. part of the nature of the song, and that it's literally kind of smashed together from two different people, and so it, it it feels like two different songs at once, which is probably why it's hard to nail down as a genre. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the funniest thing is 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 Lenny Henry used to do this joke where he would talk about how sexy Prince was. Hmm. And he would he would do like this impression of Prince. I mean, Lenny Henry's like six foot three or something, so no one like so would tower over Prince if he was anywhere <laughs> near him. But he would do this kind of thing of like you know pretending to be Prince like on stage, um, and he would have like a microphone stand, and he would basically be like almost humping the microphone stand. And he goes, you know, when Prince gets back to his dressing room, there's a there's a speaker there being like, what have you been doing to my wife? <laughs> And, and it's just, I don't know, like, it's it's just kind of stuff like that kind of stuck with me where it's like, I, I don't know, it's it's just so weird to, to, for that person to be in the middle of Prince's stuff. And even he was like a, a huge Prince fan. And he was like, he was like amazed himself that he was kind of part of, of this kind of collaboration between these two people. And he came to it through Kate Bush, right? Yeah, I think she was like, she's like a fan of his. Um, or she, I mean, she might have even met with um, uh, French and Saunders. Hmm. Um, to, to like because at this point you know um absolutely fabulous was you know kind of a huge hit and and i think it came about through that was like how she kind of was introduced to him but yeah i don't know it's, it, it always just kind of befuddles me because it's like lenny henry prince kate bush like the whole thing seems so weird um <laughs> but i mean i the, the, the thing is as well as i this song was like it was never released as a single or anything like that it was just purely an album track mm -hmm. Um, and when it came out, one of the things I remember was how expensive the album was. And really? I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a few albums in, in my time where I've thought, oh, I should buy that album. But it's always like it's never been on sale. And this was like an album that was never on sale. It was always like 18 pounds. And I was like, I can't pay 18 pounds for just one track of this album that I want to listen to. What was like a standard um, album price in pounds? Uh, roughly about 13, 14. Okay. Um, yeah, for stuff that's kind of in the charts. That's pretty much how much we would pay in dollars around that time. Like I would say a, yeah. an album here was usually twelve ninety nine. I feel like I paid a lot for. There was like this and there was Ben Fold's five, um, whatever and ever. Amen. I think is, right. is, is, is that the, that was always like 19 pounds. And I was like, 
I was like, I really just want to listen to the ballad of Who Could Care Less. I don't want to pay £19 just for that. But then in the end, I, you know, one day I took the plunge, I bought that album and I love all the tracks on it. So <laughs> that worked out. But with this, once iTunes came along and I could just buy this one song for like 79 pence, I was like, perfect. <laughs> Finally, I can listen to this song I've been waiting years to listen to. Um, and, you know, once I bought it, I, you know, I would just listen to it over and over because I was like, it, it's got this weird kind of quality where, you, like you say, it is kind of like two songs happening at the same time almost. Yeah. And, you know, you have the kind of Kate Bush half, which is, you know, all this kind of... Um, I mean, I, I, I like almost like that there is like a, a Prince reference from Kate Bush where she says, you know, the fine purple. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, is that is that meant to be a, like a Prince reference or like, is it just a coincidence? Yeah, I thought about that too when she says purple. Like, well, actually, the first time I listened to this song... Um, I think I told you the story of how I heard it, which is just that it was one of these things that was like recommended to me through Spotify. So according to the overlord computer gods that run Spotify, this is perfectly tailored to my tastes. Like this song <laughs> hits the all the right um you know, algorithms to get to me basically. Um, and probably in no part because I've also listened to like a lot of prints in preparation for this show has probably influenced <laughs> that algorithm probably. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it's probably had a little bit of an influence yeah, on it. It's it probably might. tweaked it just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But, uh, so when it started, I just saw like, I was like listening to it in this like weird looping organ and vocals. And I was like, this is nice. I like, this is very much something I would be into. Um, and I looked down and saw his Kate Bush and, and I, you know, I don't know Kate Bush super well. I just probably know running up that hill and that was about it. So I just sort yeah. of thought, oh, okay, Kate Bush, you know, she's a person who I've always been aware of as a person who, you know, was considered like this precursor to like people I liked, like Tori Amos as a teenager and stuff. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to, this is, this is really interesting. And then all of a sudden it gets to that chorus and it just turns into a total Prince song. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what is going on? This sounds like Prince. And then I looked it up and realized like, oh, it's a collaboration. Cause I think on the album, it just says Kate Bush. I don't think it even mentions Prince. Maybe it does. I, I mean, I don't know. Cause I bought it on iTunes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, d I never, I never bought a physical copy of the album cause I, I didn't want to pay so much for it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, like, it, you know, you have this kind of like the verses are very kind of low key with the like, like you say, it is very kind of Kate Bush. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think she's just running through colors when she's talking, like when she says the fine purple, the purest gold, uh, the red of the sacred heart, the gray of the ghost. Like, so she just needs to be going through kind of colors. And it's just a coincidence and, she starts with purple. Well, and specifically, though, colors that seem to have like kind of religious connotations, too. I mean, that's the thing about yeah. the organ and um, even it's the sort of repetition of it has a kind of liturgical chanty kind of quality to it so the opening feels very yeah. religious and then the imagery she's using i mean a lot of these colors um you could associate with like the red and like well she says the sacred heart so she's giving a directly yeah i mean yeah a reference <laughs> but even like purple we you know i think of like bishop's robes and things that have purple in them and um gold like you might ex expect to see on an altar or something so i mean it all kind of even though there's, the, I think it's a coincidence that the purple was in there probably because, you know, I think she probably had already had that line before she sent it to Prince, but it works yeah. out. And then later when they see, like when the sort of very princey part sings that back, it does take an on this extra like 
Prince quality when the way they sing the word purple, at least to me, it struck struck me that way i mean actually the person who sings it back is lenny henry oh okay yeah he's the he's the one who comes in with the fine purple the the purest gold the the red like the kind of that low voice yeah yeah uh, that sings it back that's lenny henry oh, okay. that's singing that like yeah. i said he's got a good voice yeah um but yeah he but the thing is he is kind of singing it in a prince type way yeah, totally and i think that's because i think that's because by the time he added his part they'd already had the kind of prince half back mm-hmm. and so i think he's definitely kind of imitating prince as he sings that but then of course when she says like uh, in the the second verse where she says have you ever seen a picture of jesus laughing mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah so there's obviously a religious thing going on <laughs> you know um you know do you think he had a beautiful smile a smile that healed which again like the case bush stuff is like it's kind of very interesting and i could understand why it would have appealed to prince i could understand why after meeting her he would have wanted to collaborate on something and you know when she sent in this demo i can imagine him hearing that and being like yeah this is something i can relate to <laughs> like, yeah you know the idea of like you know jesus having a beautiful smile like that just seems like something that prince would be like yeah jesus must have had a beautiful smile like, <laughs> like you know it just it just seems like something that would appeal to him um you know and even like the kind of the chorus the you know of all the people in the world why should i love you like i don't know it's it's like to me it's kind of very kind of pointed because it's like you know (laughs) there's like a billion people on the planet or you know three billion or seven billion however many there were in 91 and it's like why should i love you and it's it's like I don't know, like, I don't know if I could ever make that case to Kate Bush of, like, why she should love me. So and it's, it instantly makes me feel inadequate. I'm like, I don't know, Kate, I haven't got a clue why you should love Or even Prince, I'm like, I don't know why either of you should love me. Well, um, and what's struck me as funny about this track is the way that the, the verses, which have all of this religious imagery and have this different tone... And then when you get to the chorus, it also seems, like, thematically very different because we go from this very grand, like... Uh, I don't know the the grand religious themes of the the verse, and then the chorus seems so personal and so snarky almost too to say like, yeah. out of all the people in the world, <laughs> why should I love you? So they're very tonally different. And what I like is I was listening to the demo that uh, you sent me, and I was surprised to even hear that that line was in the original demo because it struck me as so different. Yeah. And so it's interesting that Prince kind of took that and gave it a totally different feeling musically as well like 50 percent of the song is outro um after lenny henry sings back the kind of opening part we get it we get this kind of i don't know like a rival to um uh, is it dean martin that does l-o-v-e uh where he where he's like the lips the lips of the the, the l of the lips are open the mm-hmm. o of the host the v of the velvet and when when lenny henry sings he he adds the the e of my eye oh, okay um, the, the the eye in the wonder the eye that sees that the I I that loves you. So it's like, um, which is which is weird because of course at this point Prince is using a little eye symbol instead of the the eye for himself. So, you know the kind of the eye of wonder and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe it just kind of fits with what Prince would do. Mm. Um, but then most of the outro is just the repetition of you know there's a, there's a there's a little kind of bridge of you know of all the people in the world. Um, and then the kind of the last time it's sung, it's kind of this. There's like these kind of off beats where it's like of all the people in the world and there's kind of like these these drum hits and it's kind of really kind of emphasized and then we get the kind of you know why should i love you repeated 
I don't know, about 16 times or something like that on the outro. Um, and, you know, part of that then has, like, Prince's guitar solo. And there's almost, like, a keyboard solo in there as well, which has got kind of, like, a... Almost sounds like a guitar sound as well. Mm. So, you know, it's it feels like the kind of outro part is mostly the stuff that Prince sent them that they couldn't figure out what to do with. <laughs> and then they kind of worked it into this outro. Like, since I've been able to hear this song, having not spent £18 on buying it on, on CD in, like, 1993... Um, when I basically didn't have that money, you know, I was I was but merely a teenager. I couldn't be spending eighteen pounds on one single CD uh, <laughs> because, first of all, I didn't have a CD player, and also that was way too much money for a CD. Uh, I think even on tape it was quite expensive, and I was like, I'm not spending this much money for an album where I basically only know one song off it, which of course was the the lead single, which is called Rubber Band Girl, which is a really good Kate Bush track, mm-hmm. um, and the the video is kind of um, it's her in a dance studio, but she's dancing with this guy who's like like behind her like showing her how to dance and i know it's i i remember seeing it like when i was young and being like you know very drawn to kate bush like in this dance studio basically almost like kind of dancing on someone's feet and being shown how to dance and it's just Mm. a really weird kind of thing where i'm like what is going on in this video like i'm sure kate bush is a really good dancer she could dance without this guy's instructions um, it's almost like he was mansplaining dance to her uh, <laughs> many years before that term existed. But I don't know. It's a, a Rubber Band Girl is a really kind of fun song, but it, it, it's very different to kind of like the, you know, the ethereal on the moors Kate Bush stuff from like the 70s. And there was a huge gap between like her albums as well. There was like, you know, 14 years or something between like two albums. <laughs> People really? were almost like, what's going on with Kate Bush? Yeah. And, and even after The Red Shoes, like her next album was like at least another decade. Um, you know, so the, the, like these big gaps, and it's funny because she's given kind of interviews uh, where she said, you know, she wished it was easier for her to kind of put an album out and not take so long. Um, and then it ends up, of course, being a big event when like an, an album by her is released because it's like, oh, it's the first time in a decade that she's released an album. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas obviously in that time, Prince probably knocked out like 10, 11 albums in between like the two albums that she put out. Um, but I think it's interesting as well that, you know, she was a contemporary of Prince. Like they both started in kind of like the, the, the late 70s. That was when they both had like their debut albums. They were like roughly the same age. I think there was only like a few months in it. Um, so like they were kind of real contemporaries. You know, they both had been, you know, very successful, very young, um, you know. And it's just kind of weird that she, you know, was taking kind of decades to put an album out and Prince was just putting music out left, right and centre and people could kind of not keep up with it. And, you know, obviously that led to different issues for Prince. But yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Like, you know, I bought this song, I think, on iTunes in like, I don't know, 2007. And for like the last 12 years, it's just one of those songs where if I, I just, if the mood takes me, I'll just be like, I'm just going to listen to, you know, Why Should I Love You? Because I just love how it kind of builds. Like, it's it's just such a such an odd song. And then by the time you get to the chorus, you're like it, almost in a different song and it's just so kind of wonderful and and yeah it just really goes a lot of places like you're saying i mean it does it, by the end it feels like a totally different song because the the princiness of it keeps building and building you know so it at <laughs> first it's like i mean even though that first chorus comes in like out of nowhere it feels like it just keeps getting more and more princey you know even all of those um background vocals that you're talking about the guitar solos all of that stuff so yeah it's it's pretty great to see how it's it feels like a tug of war match almost between kate bush (laughs) and prince um it's a really different kind of collaboration and i think that's why it, it struck me as so special i mean a lot of collaborations between two artists usually i feel like end up sounding 
more like one of them, right? It just it yeah. tends to go to one side. And this one is so interesting because you can always feel the two halves of it there as like and they both remain very strong in it. And I don't think even though Prince sort of does take over the track eventually, <laughs> I don't feel like he totally takes it away from her. And and in the way that loop um the guitar or not the guitar the um organ loop sort of it provides this like spine of the song that's always there it's like always lurking under the surface even during those choruses um it just it always makes you think about that earlier sort of spooky religious stuff that starts the song so i i just really love it and it you know, you said you downloaded it in 2007 and I just discovered it maybe a, two months ago or something, but it's also become something that's like a real regular part of my rotation at this point because I, it just, it appealed to me so much. It's just such a great song to me. And I, I love as well, at the as the outro is going on and you have this, why should I love you? Why should I love you? It starts to be like, it's, it's both of them at some points, but then it's just Kate Bush asking it and then Prince also asking it. Yeah. And they kind of like trade off and... I don't know. I just, I, I, it's funny because, you know, all the stories behind it of like the producers having difficulty trying to kind of take what Prince had given them and turn it into something. Um, and the fact that they took them like nearly two years before they finally managed to get some kind of grip on it. Um, I find that quite funny because it's like, I don't know, like when you hear it at the end, you're like, oh yeah, like this kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, you could kind of hear how difficult it would be yeah. to kind of meld these two different styles together. But I think it works. Um, you know, there are some Kate Bush fans who apparently don't like this track, and I don't know why, because, you know, I th- I think it's, it's, I mean, if you listen to, like, Rubber Band Girl, which was the first single, it's, it kind of doesn't sound a million miles away from this song, like, it's kind of a bit more experimental and different from, you know, Kate Bush's earlier stuff from, like, you know, the 70s and 80s, and, and so it feels like it kind of fits with what she was doing on the album, so, um, you know, but I mean, for me, it's like a five out of five, you know, it's like, whatever they kind of melded together i think it just works really well yeah because it's just like you know it's just this kind of this kind of crazy idea that prince is like oh yeah i'm just going to take this kate bush thing and kind of speed it up and add my own stuff and and then like you say it's the outro is kind of just a fight between the two of them to try and establish some kind of dominance as to who has won this thing um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just a fan of Kate Bush's voice anyway. You know, I mean, I think obviously everyone knows kind of like Wuthering Heights and stuff, but there are some other Kate Bush stuff and Running Up the Hill, I think are probably, yeah. you know, the big ones that people know. But there's some other Kate Bush stuff, which is really good as well. And she just has like a really, a really great voice. And what's weird is when I hear her like interviewed and stuff, her voice when she's like her speaking voice doesn't sound anything like the way she sings. And it's so weird because it's like you're kind of like i that doesn't sound like that person could kind of sound like kate bush when she sings because kate bush sounds kind of like ethereal and yeah. otherworldly what she and when you like? hear her she's uh she's very kind of like down to earth hmm. um and uh i'm trying to remember where she's born because she has just a little bit of an accent um from like where she was born uh and i don't want to i don't want to get this wrong but, but uh i th- yeah she was born in kent so she kind of has like a South London kind of okay. accent, but it's not that it's not like super broad, but it's like you can kind of hear it. And it's like she doesn't sound like how you think she's going to mm. sound when you hear her interviewed. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's quite I don't know. It's like since this, you know, it took her like, I think, 12 years before she released Red Shoes. And then it took her like another 12 years <laughs> before she released her next album. 
and you know since then i think she's released like another two albums after that like fairly quickly like i think there's only like five year gaps between them and stuff but just that kind of like in the space of like 24 years she released one album and in that same time period prince released like 24 albums (laughs) you know it's i don't know i just kind of like the the kind of the dichotomy of like someone who's so prolific and someone who seems to kind of really put a lot of effort and thought into you know kind of crafting the perfect album yeah and you know they kind of meet together on this one track yeah and that's i think that fire and ice is what makes it so exciting to listen to so yeah for me definitely a five out of five as well if i haven't been gushing enough about it if it wasn't clear <laughs> but yeah i i i just love it it's it's perfect to me and actually you know it's funny when you talked about the we were talking about the demo and it's really funny because when she gets to the chorus, it feels like such a letdown now when you're used to the final version and you realize that what Prince I feel like heard in the track is that that verse feels like such a buildup to something, you know, it just, it creates all this anticipation. And if you don't have this like release of this big grand (laughs) explosion that happens it just it feels like it goes nowhere you know so when i listen to the demo it's like oh it just it falls flat because the chorus actually is less exciting than the verse so yeah yeah it's like he 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 understood the drama of the track i think very smartly i mean you know they they work together again on a prince song which is called my computer which is on emancipation uh which came out like three years later um and then they didn't they didn't really um they didn't like work on anything else after that which i think is a bit of a pity because i think you know if kate bush had been just a tiny bit more prolific and (laughs) had kind of maybe you know been able to kind of get in touch with prince again and collaborate on something i think there would have been something kind of interesting um you know kind of there Um, and when when you know um prince died um you know she put out a statement you know about prince saying you know he was the most incredibly talented artist a man in complete control of his work um, you know, he's such an inspiration, playful and mind-blowingly gifted. Um, the world has lost someone truly magical. Good night, dear Prince. And I think, you know, it's I, I, of all the people that Prince kind of works with, it's nice when, you know, um, unfortunately, as I approach the end of this project, I'm getting closer to the moment where I'm going to have to talk a bit more about Prince's death. But I think some of the tributes from people who work with him, particularly some of like the bigger artists, you know, like Kate Bush and stuff, it's it's nice to know that, you know, they they kind of were as moved by his death as, as kind of everybody else was, um, you know. And, and I mean, like, there's a, there's a nice thing on her kind of uh, her website, you know, from when Prince died, where it kind of details, you know, their collaborations on Why Should I Love You and My Computer. Um, and, you know, they kind of they talk about, like, you know, the kind of production of, of Why Should I Love You. And, um, you know, there's, there's kind of just little things where they're kind of talking about, um, you know the production behind it and how difficult it was and and how the track evolved and all that kind of stuff um and and it's really it's kind of really interesting to read and you know it's just it's just nice to know as well that you know it's it's just one of those things where you know obviously everyone kind of feels like they know famous people when they die and you kind of you always feel kind of um particularly kind of devastated but you know the people who actually kind of worked with them, obviously, you know, who knew them, they they kind of feel you know a lot more devastated. And you know, I think her tributes kind of a nice a nice kind of touch. Um, you know, even though they only collaborated on two tracks, it just feels like, you know, the work they that particularly on this track, it's like it's it was such a kind of interesting mix of their styles, and it does kind of just make me wish they had worked together at least maybe one or two more times. You know, just kind of maybe collaborated on just a couple more songs just to see what what kind of would have come from 
the kind of the two different approaches that they clearly had to to kind of come in up with songs. You know, Kate Bush's kind of deliberate thing with Prince's very kind of spontaneous thing and they kind of they really work together well and, and you know it's just it's just a bit sad that they didn't get to work together more. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about why should I love you. So uh let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Russell? Sure. You can listen to my podcast Art Palace, uh produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Russell Irig. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, unless, of course, you are Kate Bush. By all means, do <gasps> yeah. email us, Kate Bush, <laughs> uh, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here, Russell. Sure. And otherwise, of all the people in the world, why should I love you? <laughs>